Chapter Twenty Eight of the Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Twenty Eight, Helena's Diary. Looking at the last entry in my journal, I see myself anticipating that the event of today will decide Philip's future and mine this has proved prophetic all further concealment is now at an end forced to it by fate or helped to it by chance eunice has made the discovery of her lover's infidelity in all human probability as my father says in his sermons we two sisters are enemies for life i am not suspected as eunice is of making appointments with a sweetheart so i am free to go out alone and to go where i please philip and i were punctual to our appointment this afternoon our place of meeting was in a secluded corner of the town park we found a rustic seat in our retirement set up one would suppose as a concession to the taste of visitors who are fond of solitude the view in front of us was bounded by the park wall and railings and our seat was prettily approached on one side by a plantation of young trees no entrance gate was near no carriage road crossed the grass a more safe and more solitary nook for conversation between two persons desiring to be alone it would be hard to find in most public parks lovers are said to know it well and to be especially fond of it toward evening we were there in broad daylight and we had the seat to ourselves my memory of what passed between us is in some degree disturbed by the formidable interruption which brought our talk to an end but among other things i remember that i showed him no mercy at the outset at one time i was indignant at another i was scornful i declared in regard to my object in meeting him that i had changed my mind and had decided to shorten a disagreeable interview by waiving my right to an explanation and bidding him farewell eunice as i pointed out had the first claim to him eunice was much more likely to suit him as a companion for life than i was in short i said in conclusion my inclination for once takes sides with my duty and leaves my sister in undisturbed possession of young mr dunboyne with this satirical explanation i rose to say good-bye i had merely intended to irritate him he showed a superiority to anger for which i was not prepared be so kind as to sit down again he said quietly he took my letter from his pocket and pointed to that part of it which alluded to his conduct when we had met in my father's study you have offered me the opportunity of saying a word in my own defence he went on i prize that privilege far too highly to consent to your withdrawing it merely because you have changed your mind let me at least tell you what my errand was when i called on your father loving you and you only i had forced myself to make a last effort to be true to your sister remember that helena and then say is it wonderful that i was beside myself when i found you in the study when you tell me that you were beside yourself i said do you mean ashamed of yourself that touched him i mean nothing of the kind he burst out after the hell on earth in which i have been living between you two sisters a man hasn't virtue enough left in him to be ashamed he's half mad 
that's what he is look at my position i had made up my mind never to see you again i had made up my mind if i married eunice to rid myself of my own miserable life when i can endure it no longer in that state of feeling when my sense of duty depended on my speaking with mr gracedieu alone whose was the first face i saw when i entered the room if i had dared to look at you or to speak to you what do you think would have become of my resolution to sacrifice myself what has become of it now i asked tell me first if i am forgiven he said and you shall know do you deserve to be forgiven it has been discovered by wiser heads than mine that weak people are always in extremes so far i had seen philip in the vain and violent extreme he now shifted suddenly to the sad and submissive extreme when i asked him if he deserved to be forgiven he made the humblest of all replies he sighed and said nothing if i did my duty to my sister i reminded him i should refuse to forgive you and send you back to eunice your father's language and your father's conduct he answered have released me from that entanglement i can never go back to eunice if you refuse to forgive me neither you nor she will see anything more of philip dunboyne i promise you that are you satisfied now after holding out against him resolutely i felt myself beginning to yield when a man has once taken their fancy what helplessly weak creatures women are i saw through his vacillating weakness and yet i trusted him with both eyes open my looking-glass is opposite to me while i write it shows me a contemptible helena i lied and said i was satisfied to please him am i forgiven he asked it is absurd to put it on record of course i forgave him what a good christian i am after all he took my willing hand my lovely darling he said our marriage rests with you whether your father approves of it or not say the word claim me and i am yours for life i must have been infatuated by his voice and his look my heart must have been burning under the pressure of his hand on mine was it my modesty or my self-control that deserted me i let him take me in his arms again and again and again i kissed him we were deaf to what we ought to have heard we were blind to what we ought to have seen before we were conscious of a movement among the trees we were discovered my sister flew at me like a wild animal her furious hands fastened themselves on my throat philip started to his feet when he touched her in the act of forcing her back from me eunice's raging strength became utter weakness in an instant her arms fell helpless at her sides her head drooped she looked at him in silence which was dreadful at such a moment as that he shrank from the unendurable reproach in those tearless eyes meanly he turned away from her meanly i followed him looking back for an instant i saw her step forward perhaps to stop him perhaps to speak to him the effort was too much for her strength she staggered back against the trunk of a tree like strangers walking separate one from the other we left her to her companion the hideous traitress who was my enemy and her friend
End of chapter 28